Hi, my name is Caroline Godin. I'm a mom of three, catechist, life coach for first responder families, and a martial arts enthusiast. I do a lot of writing about my own ADHD. I think we often overlook important things and get caught up in the details of life, trying to do what's expected of us and forgoing our deeper needs. I'd like to talk about those deeper needs right now. Whether you come to Mass daily, weekly, monthly, annually, or not at all, we can benefit from going deeper in our understanding of the Eucharist. Sometimes our lives affect us too much, so much that our beliefs change or we forget, even for a moment, how precious this gift is. Some have fallen away completely, and if that's you, I urge you to consider these things. I urge you to consider the magnificence of the Eucharist, because Consider the simplicity of one small wafer, one small wafer of bread, and now consider the magnitude of all of creation, all of the universe, everything from billions and billions of light years away to the smallest little microbe on earth. Now consider one small wafer of bread containing the one who created all the universe, the word of God himself, who humbled himself to become human, walk and talk among us as a lowly carpenter and die for us on a cross. Even if you're not sure what you believe now, just take a few minutes to consider this notion, which is truly impossible for the human mind to understand fully, but enough to make us wonder. Consider all the magnitude of the universe and considering all that should make us feel pretty small. With this in mind, it's amazing to think that the one who made everything would die on the cross for us. Not just humanity, but like you individually, me individually, your neighbor individually. He felt that we were worth dying for. That means the Lord wants us to be with him. He desires us. And so shouldn't we desire him more? Shouldn't we want more of you, Lord, less of me? That should make us feel a bit humble. A little ways into the liturgy of the Eucharist. First, we have the liturgy of the word in the beginning part of mass. We hear the word. We hear the first reading from the Old Testament, the second reading from the New Testament, and then the gospel reading. So we hear a story from Jesus's time that he walked on earth. And then we go into the liturgy of the Eucharist, which is when we celebrate the Holy Eucharist and prepare ourselves to receive communion. Now, the priest prays over the offertory gifts, the bread and the wine, and he says, with humble spirit and contrite heart, or something similar. And he's asking the Lord to accept our gifts. In some masses, this is spoken quietly. Other masses, it might be audible. But at that moment in the mass, the priest is saying the words humble and contrite. So let's digest that a little bit. What is a humble spirit? What does it mean to be humble? Simply put, a humble person isn't putting themselves before others. Humility, not to be confused with poor self-esteem, which is a completely different topic. Humility is the essence of realizing that someone is greater than us, more worthy than us. And we realize that and we allow him to be elevated and ourselves to remain low. 
and it's it's not a, a self-insulting kind of a thing. It's it's more like just the realization that God is higher than us. What about contrite? What does contrite mean? A contrite heart. Well, to be contrite is to be penitent or remorseful. It means to be sorry. Sorry for your sins. Sorry for your shortcomings. Sorry for your absence. Don't confuse these two things with feeling terrible about yourself or um, or at least without knowing that God's love can never be less today than it was yesterday. And it's not going to be more tomorrow than it was today. God's love is permanent. It is constant and unchanging. Our faults do not ever change his love for us. No sin on earth could ever possibly change his love for you. He's always asking us to come back to him. And so with a contrite heart, with a humble heart, we we have this remorseful and this humility that we come before the Lord, knowing that we're not worthy, but that when we are sorry for our sins and our shortcomings, he's going to welcome us back, the loving father that he is with open arms. So knowing all of that, we come to Christ in the Eucharist with humble spirits and contrite hearts. Doing this will allow us to receive him more fully. We receive his grace more completely. By emptying ourselves, we allow Christ to fill us up. So how do we find this peace among all this busyness of the world? Because most of us, if we're even coming to mass, we're coming with a lot of things on our mind. The world is busy and loud and my life, I could say, is so overwhelming. How can I possibly do this? How can I possibly find peace in that moment? So <clears throat> as a mom of three with a very busy life and an ADHD or myself, I totally get that. It's hard and it seems to be asking a lot, but it's very possible. So I'm going to break down the ways that I put myself in the moment despite distractions, anxieties, and other things happening on my mind. Believe me, there's a lot going on in this head and um, on a regular basis and getting myself to hone in on the Eucharist and prepare myself to receive Christ is um, that's not always easy. Some days it's really challenging. So I have this prayer for peace before the Eucharist and there's many variations of this, but if your mind is too busy, um, you can fill all those tangents and spaces with Christ and all of those things with Christ. See the chalice, see the host, see the things in the church that bring you back to remembering why you're there, that remembering that God is asking you to return to him, um, to kind of come back to focusing on him. Listen to the words that are being spoken. If they don't make any sense to you or can't understand them, you can still listen to the fact that the priest is praying to God on behalf of the whole congregation, because he's not just doing it for himself. He's doing it for the entire congregation present. Feel the pew that you're sitting or kneeling or the hands are on the pew in front of you, your arms resting on it. Feel what's around you. Smell any sense. Maybe there's incense. Maybe you're just smelling the, the air blowing in from the window that might be open. Experience what's happening. And then start thinking about emptying yourself 
in order that you will let him fill you up. If your cup is full of worries and anxieties and unhappiness and anger and frustration, it's really hard to fill it up with something better. So we want to empty ourselves of all those things. So we want to empty our worries. Lord, take my worries. We want to empty our fears. Lord, take my fears. We want to empty our opinions because we don't know if we're right, ultimately. Lord, take my opinions. We want to empty our desires. Lord, take my desires. I don't know if what I want is the right thing. We want to empty our discontentment, our unhappiness. Lord, take my discontentment. Um, it could be your anger that's on your mind, your frustration, your your concerns, whatever it is. Allow the Lord to take all of that from you because it's really hard for us as humans, at least personally speaking, to get rid of those things. And so I ask a lot of times for God to take them from me and he does a lot better job than I do. So then we can pray, Lord, instead of worries, give me confidence in you. Fill yourself with the knowledge that he can handle your troubles. He can handle anything. Instead of fears, Lord, let me be in fear and in awe of you. Now, fear of the Lord is a gift. It doesn't mean that we're so afraid of him that we hide from him. No, that's something that Adam and Eve did at one point. And that's not what fear of the Lord means. Fear of the Lord is realizing and wondering and being in awe of his magnificence. Be filled with awe of the Lord. Because if you're not impressed by how amazing he is that he created all of the universe and still of all that still came and wants you to be with him. If that doesn't put you in awe, then you're not seeing it quite right. So we want to be filled with awe of the Lord and fear of the Lord because he is so magnificent and powerful. And then we go on, Lord, instead of my opinions, let me see as you see, because he sees the whole picture. He sees from across the globe and throughout all time. We just see a tiny, tiny fraction. We want to be filled with his spirit and filled with his sight so that he can help us to understand the perspective that we need to be seeing from. Instead of my desires, Lord, let me desire as you desire. The Lord always wants what is good and right. And we should pray that we want what is good and right. Our desires are imperfect and don't always lead us the right way. Be filled with God's desires for goodness. This leads to happiness. And instead of discontentment, Lord, let me be content in you and need nothing more. To be filled with God is to be happy. God himself gives himself to us freely. Nothing else in the world is free. Nothing in this world is free, but God's love is free. There's no strings attached to that. All we need to do is accept it. And in accepting it, we let go of the other things of this world. So be filled with this freely given love and to be filled with it is a joy. That means we don't need anything else to be happy. We start seeking a servant's heart. And so altogether, this would be, Lord, take my worries. Lord, take my fears. Lord, take my opinions. Lord, take my desires. Lord, take my discontentment. Lord, instead of worries, give me confidence in you. 
Instead of fears, let me be in fear and awe of you. Instead of my opinions, let me see as you see. Instead of my desires, let me desire as you desire. Instead of discontentment, let me be content in you and need nothing more. Now, this sounds all perfect, but then enter a family and children and other things that just keep knocking at your door and entering your mind. Nothing is perfect. Now, to be perfectly honest, I don't successfully do this from start to finish without distraction. Not even once. I've never I've never done that. Um, so I hope that encourages you to realize that, yeah, we're going to be distracted. And God is so patient that he's okay with our distractions. He's going to wait and help us to come back. My little one might be tugging at me. My older one is talking. Something is always pulling my attention away. Good news. Effort counts. The Lord sees that we're trying. If we ask him for his help, he's going to give it to us. And we're going to find that it starts to become easier. Sometimes my best prayer in the moment is, Lord, I need you right now. Clear my head. And you know what? He does. I find a way to re-enter and, and get myself ready for the most holy moment of the week. Life is messy, sometimes ugly. And we are called to Christ, who is perfection. Not because we need to be perfect, but because in him, who is perfect, we find balance, we find happiness, we find contentment and joy. As long as we aim for him, as long as we aim for Christ, he will get us there. He knows our struggles, our imperfections, our distractions. He knows all of it. And yet he asks us to keep coming back to him. So don't worry if you forget the words or you lose track of what you were praying, just remember God is still with you, waiting patiently, ready to speak to you, listen to him, and receive him. It's an open invitation to his grace. Now we have to keep this going. It's not one and done. It's a continual prayer that we can revisit any time we need to reset. Each time we have an opportunity to receive Christ in the Holy Eucharist, we have an obligation to empty ourselves first so that we may receive him more fully. If we aren't filling ourselves with Christ, the enemy will rush in and will fill us with worldly things. Our best defense against unhappiness, discontent, worry, fear, anger, resentment is to fill ourselves with love, charity, righteousness, peace, gentleness, kindness, all of those fruits. So this prayer or something like it, can be said anytime you feel yourself being caught up in a negative moment. You don't have to say the exact words I said, of course, but just remember the notion of emptying yourself of the worldly things and filling yourself with Christ. Laying your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts and your worries and all of those things down at the foot of the cross and allowing him to take over. Before receiving the Eucharist, this is absolutely a wonderful way to prepare our souls. But it can also be done before a meeting um, with someone that you're anxious about the meeting, or it can be done um, before a possible confrontation. It can be done when dealing with your children. You might do this when you feel angry, alone, or concerned about something. We all have those moments that we, we dread going into something. 
this is the time that you could pray something like that. Empty yourself and fill yourself with Christ. Until we're in heaven with the Lord, we are not done praying this. Filling ourselves with the Holy Eucharist, Christ made flesh in the mass, the pinnacle of Catholic faith, is, is something that rejuvenates us and gets us more, more in the place that God wants us to be, to live the life that he wants us to live. And remember, his perspective is perfect. So he knows exactly where we should be that will bring us um, the happiness that we desire. But if we don't prepare our souls, prepare our souls for the Eucharist and receiving his grace, then we're just receiving a wafer of bread and we're not receiving him fully. So we want to empty ourselves more fully to receive him body, blood, soul, and divinity, not just physically, but spiritually. It's truly preparing ourselves for the kingdom of heaven. When we're kingdom bound, the world we live in seems much less intimidating. God bless.